This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, yeah, we got a full Monty for you today. Uh, we got a lot to get into. NBA Finals are now tied up 1-1. Miami winning game two on the road. We'll discuss it. Also, the Texas baseball team headed to the Super Regionals. Oh, it feels good. We'll break it all down for your next segment. Uh, give my man Hardball's thoughts about that. We'll get into NFL news, notes, and nuggets coming up at the top of 6 o'clock. There is some uh, Longhorn discussion to get into. Uh, my man Huff Daddy made a Nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame. We'll get into that. Also, Athlon Sports with their Big 12 predictions. So we'll talk some Texas football as well. All of that, before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? Man, what a do, what a do. It's a Monday. I'm excited because the Texas... Texas Longhorns baseball team did what the job was asked of them, and they made it and do it did it in some beautiful fashion. We're gonna get all the way into that, man. I'm still shocked by the way that the game went down last night against the Miami Heat, defeating the Denver Nuggets. We'll talk about that, and I need to give this special shout out because you said we were gonna do it today. Shout out, shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out to my beautiful daughter. Yes, yesterday was her birthday. She is seven years old, and I could not be happier for her because her <laughs> smile just kept getting bigger and bigger. Come on, huh? Because you asked me what was uh, her birthday like. It's like Christmas, and she <laughs> felt like it was like Christmas yesterday. So I'm really excited. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car-carrying member of DBU. 
legendary lifetime and college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate that intro, as always. That's not a waste any time introducing a real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's up, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. All right. It is uh, uh, obviously jam-packed show. A lot of stuff from the weekend to cover. You can be a part of it. You're the post of it. So hit us up on the spec text line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at uh, Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Um, all right. We'll get to Texas baseball. Harge, I'm sure you are very proud of very. the Texas baseball team. And, yeah, I mean, they – like I said, they, they do bounce back really well, and that was a hell of a bounce back for them in the regionals. Swept their way through the regionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do not yet know who they are going to face and where they are going to face their exactly. next opponent in the Super Regionals. We just know they're headed to the Super Regionals. And we'll get some more detail, uh, give my man uh, uh, Harge's thoughts about uh, the uh, fantastic weekend for Texas baseball. We'll do that next segment, so I want to give it its own segment so we can really break that down. Love it, love uh, it. And then we'll get into uh, some NBA Finals discussion here. All right, gentlemen, I know you guys were you know, feeling like this thing could end up being a sweep potentially. Mm-hmm. You guys were feeling real confident. Well, it won't be a sweep. Officially, but you did say gentlemen, sweet. We did say gentlemen. Uh, do you still feel, I'll say this, I'll just ask this question, open to the discussion. Do you still feel, after watching last night's performance and the adjustments by the Miami Heat on the road, really impressive win, do you guys still feel like a gentleman's sweep is the appropriate prediction? Me personally, you gonna stay at this it? very time, I'll give absolutely. you a chance to waffle. Absolutely. No, I, 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 I firmly believe that still this happening. is still going to be a sweep, and you sit and you look. Don't forget, they had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to make that happen. They did. So the 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 Denver Nuggets still, to me, have control. Now, we're all excited about it because now we're like, okay, at least we get five games. We don't have to just go through <laughs> four games. So I'm, I'm expecting the next game in mm-hmm. Miami to be a little bit different than what we saw. And I understand, too, when you look at the Miami Heat and what they were able to do and the, the way that they went about their business, everybody's like, oh, yeah, this was perfect. This is perfect. And I'm like, no, what ended up happening is the Nuggets got lazy. They got lazy defensively in the fourth quarter. They didn't do some of the things that they had that got them the lead, and that is why they lost. So when we go back and review the film and – I know Coach Malone has already been on the record of telling his team how lackluster they performed in the fourth quarter. I think those guys, you know, you talked about Texas before and how they respond to adversity. I think the way that Coach Malone goes after his team and the results after that are totally in a line with how Texas rebounds after a, a rough start. That is what Miami is able to do. I mean, not Miami, but Denver is able to do, too. That quote that you're referring to from Coach Malone in the postgame, quote, let's talk about effort. This is is the NBA Finals. We're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You guys probably thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. Tonight, the starting lineup to start the game, it was 10-2. 
uh, Miami start of the third quarter. They scored 11 points in two minutes and 10 seconds. We had guys out there that were just whether feeling sorry for themselves for not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on and off. This is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. This is the NBA Finals. She just went and said, this is the Big 12. Exactly. Um, <laughs> continued. He said, that to me is Go really. Go play in the murals, brother. <laughs> really. That's essentially what he said. Uh, he said, that to me is really, really perplexing, disappointing. I asked the team. I asked the team. You guys tell me why they lost. And they knew the answer. Miami came in here and outworked us. We were by far our least disciplined game of these 16 or 17 playoff games, whatever it is now. So many breakdowns. They explained, they exploited, excuse me, every one of our breakdowns and scored. So that's Mm -hmm. the quote you're referring to. So, yes, Coach Malone was very, very critical of his team. The one thing I'll bring up is that, and this continues to be the storyline for Miami guys, when their three-point shooting is on, they win. Yep. They hit 48, uh, damn near 49% for, uh, was it, damn near 40, 48.6%, damn near 49% from three-point range, 17 to 35. That has been the trend, guys. When they are on from three-point range, then they can score. If they're not on from three-point range, which they weren't in game one, then you see the result, especially when they couldn't even get to a to triple digits in yep. that game. They were so <clears throat> porous offensively. Uh, Patrick, I'll, I'll throw the same question to you after watching game two. You still going with a gentleman's sweep? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Miami has a chance to win another one in this because they played really, really good defense. But I think they've now exploited their best chance, and it's you're giving Michael Malone enough time to kind of figure out all right, this is what our new game plan is to make sure we get Jamal Murray a little bit more involved in this, and you know, and then just yelling at KCP and Michael Porter Jr. to suck it up because you are going to cost us an NBA Finals if you guys keep playing like you played in that game. Because mm-hmm. you basically missed some shots and so you played bad defense. And you that's it's unacceptable to suck on both ends of the court because you sucked on one end. And they missed some shots that they should have hit because and this was it was a solid plan by Spo, which Spolster's plan was basically let Joker go off on us. We don't care as long as we don't let anybody else beat us. We can guard four guys with our five and kind of let Jokic just do his thing. But if we take away him as a passer and just make him a scorer, then we'll beat him. And they did because they were able to play a little bit better defense on Michael Porter Jr. They played a little bit better defense on KCP. They played a lot better defense on Jamal Murray. And they basically slowed down every one of their supporting characters and let Jokic go wild. So he puts up 40 points, but that's not his entire game. His entire game is 30, 20, and 20. And he wasn't able to get those assists in. Uh, I believe he only had four assists in that game. Yep, just four. That was yep. the lowest total of the playoffs. Yeah. So that, it was a good plan, but now you have another. You have more time to prepare for it, some more plays drawn up. And, and I think we'll see the defense step up a little bit more for, for Denver. And then it goes back to the chess match. The chess just, match. Yeah, and it's just... if Denver scores five more points in that game, they win. And if they stop them from hitting just some of those wide-open threes, I don't think Kevin Love's going to play as well as he did. I mean, you saw him come out and have a good game. But that's a guy that has not been very consistent as of late. Duncan Robinson can play really good, but he's not consistent. And that's where it comes in is Denver has just been way more consistent this season than Miami. So to believe that Miami will be three out of the next six games consistent or hot doesn't, doesn't lay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is interesting, though, because I don't know how the Heat survived a <laughs> – they gave up a 29-8 run at one point and a 40-14 run at one point and won the game. That's why they were down. That's why they were down 15 points. 
yep. because they gave up a huge run and yet still found a way. They were down eight points going into the fourth quarter. And how about this? They were down eight points going into the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler on the bench. So the Nuggets were up 83-75. to 75. Jimmy Butler wasn't even in the game. Jimmy Butler came into the game with eight, a little over eight minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And with 12 minutes remaining in the game, remaining in the game Miami is still down by uh, eight points. And yet, even with Jimmy Butler on the bench, they were able to come back and get the lead before Jimmy Butler even came back into the game. Yeah, yep. that is, that that's huge. Like I don't even know how that happened. That seems like when I had to check the notes, it, that's that's exactly what happened. Like that is not supposed to happen. If, I think if Coach Malone, that's the period he's probably most upset about. You entered the fourth quarter up eight points, and Jimmy Butler, their superstar, is on the bench. And yet you allow Duncan Robinson basically to go off. He scored like 10 points in a five-minute stretch there in the fourth quarter. And that is essentially the stretch where they lost the game. I mean, how, how do you let that happen with Jimmy Butler on the bench with their supporting cast able to come back and take the lead before Jimmy Butler even comes back into the game? Well, the beautiful thing about it, too, and you talked about what Duncan Robinson was able to do, that's a huge adjustment for what he did the first game. That's the other part of it. So we can look at Duncan Robinson and and be shocked, not really shocked, but look at how things went down. But he's a baller. He's He made the adjustment, and that's the other part of it. Because he was quiet the entire game. Duncan Robinson was. And while Jimmy was on the bench, he decided, okay, now it's time for me to go out here and go to work. The complimentary role players were the role players that they were waiting for to play. We talked about how Jimmy, when he was with Minnesota, he wanted to play with the G League players because he knew those dudes had more heart. Those guys that Vincent and what Strudis and and now Duncan Robinson, they played the role of the role players and they actually did their job this game. The first game, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They they didn't get to that level in the first game. You Strudis couldn't make a shot at all. Duncan Robinson was falling short. That's the reason why Miami Heat lost that first game, and the game wasn't truly that close until late. But you look at what happened this game, they played their role, and they were they were efficient in their playing time. To, point, to the point that Patrick brought up and to the point you're talking about the role players, Eric Spolstra started Kevin Love. Yep. Which was a – it was a, a nice adjustment. I don't know if it was a big adjustment. It was a nice adjustment. It was it last allowed, night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he put him in the starting lineup, yep. and then he ended up guarding Aaron Gordon. Jimmy Butler switches up on Murray, and Jimmy Butler was able to put a lot more pressure on Jamal Murray. That was a big part of why Miami was a little bit more effective mm-hmm. uh, defensively, at least uh, able to shut down the secondary and tertiary options. Other than Jokic, because yeah, Jokic yeah. got his, yep. and I agree. It's it's interesting because to Patrick's point about the the four assists, um, that four assists only led to nine points. Yep, his fourteen assists in game one led to thirty one points. <laughs> That's a big difference, man. <laughs> like that that if you got if you got to pick a poison between Jokic and I don't, we'll get to this sound because I Eric Spolstra, you know, he, he went viral because uh, a reporter asked him about essentially the. Uh, the the theory that Patrick brought up of hey man make him a scorer or make him you know a distributor don't don't let yep. him be both just yep. don't let him be don't let him be both and if you could pick one let him be a scorer not the distributor um, 
Eric Spolstra in the post game. We have this sound, Patrick. Here's Eric Spolstra in the post game. The question I think is in audio. Hey, Coach. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that's a ridiculous, you know, it's just, that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say... <laughs> Oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Uh, and we he has our full respect. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Coach. It's not okay. Uh, I don't know why he took such you know, offense <laughs> uh, and why it was such an affront to his basketball acumen for Ramona. Because she, she even phrases it by saying this is a relatively simple way of saying it, I believe. I'm sure right. I'm paraphrasing. So she understood, like, it's overly simplistic. But the working theory is is that Jokic as purely a scorer, predominantly a scorer, more so than a distributor or both, it short circuits the Denver offense. Right. Right. It, it affects their collaborative identity and the, the rhythm of the offense. And he, he's still going to get his because he is a great player. But they still they still fronted him and denied, tried to deny entry passes and they doubled him and they switched different defenses on him. I mean, the man is essentially a, a basketball supercomputer, as my man Matt Buller always states. He's like a, he's a supercomputer. So if, if that's the case, you just present him with varying degrees of difficulty, right, right in right. a situation, and he'll choose the path of least resistance. Like he's just like, oh, yeah. easy basket, easy Boom. basket. Let me give the bucket. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think that's he's so, not a forceful type player. Yeah, so I think that's the, yeah, he's, exactly right. He's not yeah. like, no, I'm gonna get mine. I'm getting yeah, this. Like, no. no, 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 no. He's not gonna force it. If, I want to win. Whatever you present to him, he's like, no, I'll take the path of least resistance. So, yeah. like, and that's why he is kind of a basketball supercomputer. So I think that's kind of what she meant. I think that's what people are. You know that that's what where they're leaning when they start talking about that theory. I yep. mean, there is also something of when KCP and uh, Michael Porter Jr. are missing shots, he does tend to throw them the ball less, and they were not taking good shots. So mm. there is something to be said of where he went to him early and then was just like, "Well, you guys are not playing well, so I don't want to throw you the ball because you're not playing well." And so I think there's something to the effect too of it was just. It was a, a lot of a big uh, multiple storms hitting at the same time. Yeah, that kind of all favored the Heat. The adjustment plus they're off. Yeah, but yeah. I, that is just that's Spo knowing that that Michael Malone is a really good motivator, and he is like you're trying to give them locker room material, and I don't want you to give them any locker room material. Jokic is the best player to ever play basketball <laughs> in any form, and this Nuggets team may be the best team that has ever played basketball yep. or any sport for that matter. Don't you dare give them locker room material. He can play in the NFL. Defensive end. Yep. Yep. He's yep. amazing. He's a great pass rusher. <laughs> I've also heard he is a great lover and a, and a friend to all children across the world. Uh, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great point, too, about Mike Malone and the motivational stuff. And he's at, he's at it again, by the way, to the, 
the quote that Harge brought up earlier. Uh, but yeah, you got to give Spo some credit. I mean, those were they like I said they they may have been sim- simple adjustment. They were simplistically brilliant. But to me, if you know you're looking at it now, my man Matt Buller just sent me a great stat because he's. Uh, kind of an NBA head too, because he's deep, 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 uh, into deep, deep, deep yeah. into the, the fantasy world of the NBA. Uh, he said Denver has been bad on the road all year, twenty three and twenty five on the road. Wow, twenty three and twenty five. That's what he says. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh huh. Uh huh. There are those stats. I mean, they, and they are obviously are very different because they got one of the biggest home. This is their first, that was their first home loss the, the entire time. Yeah, because they have such a you know a a, a dominant home court advantage, if mm-hmm. you will. So that's something to keep in mind. I I, I picked Miami at both of the, the last two games. I knew that. I, I hoping they would steal one, and they stole they stole one. Now it's up to Miami. I mean, yeah. sorry, now it's up to Denver to go steal another one in Miami. That is going to be uh, the challenge. So I strongly believe that they can. They can. Oh, they can they definitely can. win. Yeah, they might win two down there, <laughs> just because of the talent level in which they have. And again, the motivation, the motivational speech by Coach Malone is one of those guys. He's a hard nosed, tough guy that is going to pull out. He knows how to push those buttons is what I will say. I think he brings the most out of his team every single time. Every time you've heard him talk after a loss, Mm -hmm. it's been about their lack of effort on defense. He never says anything about scoring. He always talks about the lack of effort, and it goes to those guys that you were talking about, Michael Porter, uh, uh, Caldwell Pope. Yeah. And it's uh, not Brown. Yeah, it is Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. He gets on those guys every time. He don't say nothing to Joker. He Amen. doesn't say nothing to Murray. It's, but it's all those role players that we were talking it, about that showed up for Miami. I, I, I know he, he, and you brought the motivation. I just don't think he can put the motivation card is tougher for him to pull against the, arguably the, the greatest underdog in the history of the Agreed. NBA Finals. So, you know what I mean? Like, and they, and they, got, they, got a t- they all dog. It's all it's all dog. Like it's there's no question Denver has the talent advantage. It's yep. not, honestly, it's a the talent advantage the the, the the disparity between the two is immense. I mean, yep. it's probably one of the greatest talent disparities we've seen um, in the NBA Finals period because all the undrafted free agents and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but man, I, I don't know. There's something about this Miami team. There's no question it is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they have the how about this? They have the most wins um, in the NBA playoff history for an eight seed now. And how about this little stat? This is crazy. They also have now um, the most wins in, when trailing by at least 10 points in the playoffs. Mm. So, that, that's, and that, by the way, that's the most in the last 25 years. Yep. That, that, that's amazing. Well, and when they, that's an amazing stat. Like I don't know how – te- I mean, I'm telling you, man, this, there's, their point differential in the fourth quarter this year, unbelievable. How about this? They – their point differential in the playoffs this year, uh, they're minus one in the first quarter, minus 11 in the second, minus 12 in the third, plus 90 in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> plus 90. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. You're not scoring every quarter except the fourth. And in the fourth, they're the best fourth quarter team in the playoffs by far. It doesn't make sense. I agree with you guys. You guys are basketball guys. It doesn't make sense. But, man, you got to admit, y'all starting to get a little nervous. 
Just a little. No, bit. I mean, I like. I'll say, I love that. Because you, you said that first game, they they, they probably should have stole it. They should have stole it. They no, had a defense. I, play as well. a basketball fan, I love it because if if Denver won these two games handily, then this is a boring finals. That's true, and we know it. So I love it because it's fun to watch. I picked Denver. I want it to be a good series though, because I enjoy watching basketball. So if I'm wrong and it's a good series, awesome. I, I can win either way on this one. That's I can't true. win if Miami blows them out every game. Right. Then I'm just wrong and it's bad. But I don't think that's going to happen either. No. But, I no, I, I was thoroughly enjoying it last night because you watch them and every time that Denver looked like it was going to be over, Miami found a way to claw back into it. And they just figured out – and a stat that blew my mind was the, the points off of turnovers and the points on fast break points. Because normally in your points off a of turnover, you're going to have a lot of fast break points, right? So they had 23 points off of turnovers, Miami did. They had five fast break points. Yeah. So those numbers don't normally go together that you're getting turnovers mm. and then not getting down the floor. Yeah. But they are basically slowing it down so much to try and find these shooters right. that it's just a weird stat that you just don't normally see teams do very well off turnovers, get 23 points on 14 turnovers. Pretty good. But that's not on fast breaks. Right. That's on them slowing it back down, getting back down, making smart plays, and get, hitting shooters. And when they're scoring, that works. The problem is, if you're not hitting shots, that style of play drastically kills you because now your points off turnovers drops immensely. Yeah, that, that game, you know, actually, just speaking of pace, if you look at, um, like, basically the po- points, uh, sorry, the possessions per team, um, it was 86 and a half. That was the slowest paced game of the postseason for Denver and the second slowest paced paced game of the playoffs, period. So I I think it was in Miami's – it was more of an advantage to Miami um, that they kind of slowed the pace, screwed and chopped that thing down to a crawl. But honestly – I'm about to go (laughs) down. (laughs) If you think you have an offense that can work, (laughs) then you want to set up your half-court offense. And they thought they had an offense to go, okay, we can get guys around – I mean, they were pump faking way too much in the first half, but it, it it worked sometimes. But you they they have an offense that can work in a half court, so I get why you do it. It's just you don't normally try and slow the game down that much when you're the underdog. Yeah, uh, that you're right. They are doing a lot of unorthodox things. Um, Nate says Miami is the gentleman in the yep. gentleman sweep. Yep. Yeah, there are people that just love Miami, man. I get it. I get I'm to not feel feeling love it, man. My boy, my boy is a Miami fan, and he you know told what? me, he's hey, like, are you hey, pulling someone, from Miami someone or send not? That, someone send that to Michael Malone. Yeah. You don't want to send it to Michael Malone. No, I, yeah, I, I'm actually just happy that it is 1-1 at this point. I, I thought Denver was going to win, too. I was rooting for Miami. You guys know. I've been talking about that. Um, but I thought Denver was going to – I still think Denver is probably going to win it. But I, gotta say, I, I picked Miami in the first two games. I said yep, I, yep. I knew they were going to steal one of them. Um, but yeah, the next two is going to be interesting because Denver's not good on the road. Hey, not, and and we also going to see good we, the there was a rumor Tyler Hero would come back for game two. Now the theory would be he would come back for game three. Does this give Miami a boost? Is he able to start hitting shots at that level? Is his defense going to be at the same level of what they're playing? I mean, it adds in a wrinkle when we get to Wednesday is you may be adding back a guy who was your secondary scorer uh-huh. in the regular season. Even more that we just forget all about the Tyler Hero storyline because yeah. it just hasn't mattered in so well, because, long. Because because guys like Duncan Robinson who basically weren't in rotation have stepped up to fill that spot very well. So you just don't think, oh yeah, there's this gaping hole at offense. But the question is, is his defense going to be good enough, or you have to play him less minutes because mm-hmm. this is really a lot about playing defense on the best offensive team in the league. 
Yeah, and how do you defend the best uh, best player in the league? Right. I'm sorry, I'll say it. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead, I, say I, it I again. Joel Embiid won the, you know, he won the MVP, but nah, yo, hey, he ain't playing right now, is he? Exactly. <laughs> he I gone. We, I think we all agree now. Like in retrospect, like uh, yeah, Jokic is a better player. All yep. right, uh, so let's get to the Texas baseball here on the other side, gentlemen. We'll pick my man uh, Hardball's brain about uh, Texas baseball. Their sweep of the regionals now headed to the supers. We'll also uh, check on the Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. All that and more right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Don't, honey, don't go away. No, no, don't you hear, don't you hear what I say, what I say. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, that's my man Patrick Place Jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who might have had a tough weekend. Um, that was not the case for uh, Longhorn baseball fans. They're celebrating. The song kind of fits. Upbeat. Feel good. And that's exactly how Longhorn baseball fans feel right now. They feel real good after sweeping their way through the regionals and now on their way to the super regionals, hard give it to me, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I did you see them sweeping their way through the regionals? I didn't necessarily see them sweeping their way through it just because I didn't know what game three was going to be. Okay, because you got Tanner Wick coming back, he's still working his way through what's going to happen with the bullpen. That was my biggest thing because I told everybody because we did our you know, we do our little reels for the station for uh mm-hmm. hornfm.com. And I told everybody during that reel, I said, the number one and number two, I have a lot of faith in. And Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson. I I, I didn't know LeBaron Johnson was going to throw wow. 129 pitches the what? other night. But Whoa. what I did know was that Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson are going to compete. And they're going to compete at a very high level. After that. I knew that they were going to play good defense because we have great defensive team. We talked about it on Friday, what we thought of uh, Eric Kennedy's home three-run home run saving catch, and then we saw what Dylan uh, Campbell was able to do in right field. So I knew that this team was going to play defense. What I did not know was the fact that these guys were going to be able to play at a very high level offensively because of what we saw at Globe Life. Mm-hmm. They got a chance to go on the road. They got a chance. Everybody's healthy again. Yeah. Peyton Powell, yep. Jared Thomas at first base. All these guys are healthy. And then, of course, you got Dylan Campbell extending his hit streak to uh, 38? 38 games <laughs> and consecutive unreal. reaching base consecutively, what, 42 games now? It's something that's crazy. But you it's also ridiculous. look at Jalen Flores, I mean, my man being able to come off hitting 167, I believe, or 176 at the time, hits a grand slam in last night's game to elevate the team. 
you got to give David Pierce his props. You have to give David Pierce his props. Oh man, come you know, on now. You know that you know oh, that discussion know. before. There are some David Pierce haters and out there. And they can continue to hate cuz all he does is win 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 no matter what. Yeah, they they won't they they won't get on the bandwagon for some reason. Yeah. I know I, I did put the panic button back in storage. Is that cool? That's good. <laughs> I put it back That's in good. storage put, after when they hit that away. grand slam I was like, "I would put this away." Yeah, now. but you sit there and you watch how this team and what did I say? They have to execute certain things. You got to get bunts down, you got to hit and mm-hmm. run, you got to move guys over when guys are in scoring position you got to drive runs in that's exactly what they did and you look at what the bullpen was able to do look now the bullpen didn't have to get used that much uh yeah, let's how many be honest they use over five, five total wow five total that's a hell of an advantage man. exactly it's big that's, that's all that's all lbj does he pulled a superman he pulled out his cape He did the LSU game for you. Yeah, he pulled out a cape and gave Texas a huge advantage. A huge advantage because when you go out there and he had adversity throughout the game. Remember, he threw like 27 pitches in the first inning, like 40 in the first two innings. And then after that, he went on cruise control, was mixing up his pitches. He had that energy about him. And I was truly, I was truly surprised when he went back out in the ninth inning because I thought he did enough. When when we started the inning, I was like, all right, let me see who they got in the bullpen. Let me see what's happening. And then he goes back out there, gets the lead off. Then he ends the game with a double play. That's what I'm saying. Like the the way that this team played this weekend was something to be excited about. This was it gets everybody obviously involved and gassed up about it. But when you watch the way that they were taking each at bat, each at bat was an intense at bat. When they were in Arlington two weeks ago, they weren't the same team because Jared Thomas was hurt. Peyton Powell was dealing with a back injury. They weren't putting the ball in play. You look at this weekend, those guys got on, we scored runs. Dylan Campbell, like I said, continued to do his thing, driving the ball all over the place. You look at um, Porter Brown, he had a couple hits. But Jack O'Dowd, Jack O'Dowd, the last two weekends – he has shown up. He's one of the, he's one of the only ones that showed up at the Gill. That's what I'm saying. Like the last two weekends, my man has been yeah. dialed in and he's been hitting for power. And that's something that he hadn't done all year. So up and down the lineup, Mitchell Daly with the big home run on, on Friday, but then he comes back and he plays some unbelievable defense on Saturday. They were making at Saturday and Sunday, they were making plays, and that's the biggest thing. If your pitching is on point and your defense is playing well behind you, everything else will fall into place. That gives you a chance to compete with anybody. Speaking of defense, I missed uh, Sports Center Friday. Was number two. Dylan Campbell's number two? Because a guy from – he okay. shared number two. He shared – what? Because a, a guy from TCU made the exact same play. Oh, no I'm way. talking about laid out beautifully just like Dylan Campbell okay. for TCU. So they had them both share – Number two. The, Eric Kennedy didn't make it? Eric Kennedy was not nah, on that. I told you he was too nonchalant. It was too easy. It was too easy, man. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look you can make a play like you that. Have to, you have to explain what it was to you where you're like, oh, they might lose that game if he doesn't. Exactly. exactly. You should. You got, you got to teach. You, you, go, you go teach the youngsters. I got to teach Go them. teach Eric Kennedy. Just make it a little bit more dramatic. Sweet, Time it. Get to the wall. Make yeah. it look a little bit. He oh, walked up to it and just, just did it. Yeah. You, know, you know who's really bad about that? No joke. Uh, uh Receivers in college yes. and the NFL. They'll you ever see a receiver die for something he didn't have to die for? 
they're just, they're just leaping. He's like, why are you leaping? <laughs> exactly. Just run through the ball. He's leaping. Just, they, I agree. Jump, jump yeah. to check, catch it in the chest. Yeah, you didn't have to jump yeah. for that. I know the receivers at the at the college level, the pro level, are the worst. They they're, they're almost on the other end of the spectrum. They're too bad at trying to make it overly dramatic, where they end up actually missing out or uh, messing up the play. My man Eric Kennedy needs to put put a little bit more gravy on that thing. Yeah, I think that Pierce sure. will say you did it just fine. Yeah, yeah. He did. <laughs> but he's so talented. I think we all agree. He probably could have yeah. did a little no, bit. No, he had another one on Sunday, I think. He had another one on Sunday that he made it look too easy. <laughs> and you're just like, man, come on. Yeah, man, you got to, like how you struggle a little bit. Like, yeah. Oh, that was an amazing play. Did you see the effort? Oh, my exerted. God. He exerted himself yeah, out I, there. Yeah. Yeah, when you see him, it's just like, oh, great play. <laughs> yeah. like, come on. We expected that from you, dude. Yeah, give yeah. him man his props. Uh, okay, let me ask you about, because let's, let's talk about it, the, the Aggies. Mm hmm. All right, they will face Stanford. Stanford tonight. Tonight, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, and the winner is that will determine a lot about Texas' future in the super regionals. Absolutely, and we still don't. It's, it's not a lot of clarity here, but there are there are multiple options. All right, absolutely. So here's the deal: if Stanford wins, then Texas is going to Stanford. Stanford, they're going to Palos. Okay. If Texas, I mean, if uh, Texas A&M loses. I mean, wins, mm. then the option is going to be between Texas and Texas A&M, who's going to host. Okay. I believe Texas is going to be the host. I'm, I, I'll go on record okay. right now to say Texas will be the host. Number one, they won the Big 12 championship, mm-hmm. well, a share of it. Uh, number two, they beat A&M earlier this year. I like that head to So if, they, if they're going to go through mm-hmm. that, now, people will say, well, Texas A&M, they played in the championship of the SEC. They didn't win the championship. Well, they, go, if they would have won it, then it's a different conversation. Like a, they played a, t- a tougher schedule, that kind of thing? No. I, I, I think it's going to be pretty cut, cut and dry. Okay. I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry. Now, I could be way off, and I'm sure Craig Way will definitely uh, let us know if I'm way off. But to me, I believe that Texas would be the host because of – uh, the way that they've done over the past years, he's okay. they've earned this mm. this the route. Blue, the blue blood status, and plus they swept their series. They did break the brooms. They they swept they their series yeah. hey, at Coral they Gables. Wait, they waiting on Monday to find out. Yeah, they didn't have to play today to find out. Okay, no, I, I'm with you. So we are rooting for the Aggies then. <sighs> I mean, it's as much as that sounds well, awful. And Stanford's a better baseball team, right? And, and a lot of what, people, top top ten. Yeah, te- Stanford is one of the top eight? teams, and they've been to the College World Series quite a bit too here so, recently. So okay, yeah. So, so yeah, I it mean, seems pretty simple. You rooting for the Aggies on, on on the surface, but I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about your gut. I love how you gave it. I'm talking about your gut. You're good. Everybody's like, I, I can't no, do it. I have no problem rooting for the Aggies. I've said it before. I root for the state very a lot of the time, and then I. I root for the conference a lot of times. I got no problem. Unless they're playing Texas, yeah. I got no problem rooting for the Aggies. So, yes, I will root for the Aggies. And they just said, somebody just defraud just sent in, and he said, hey, Texas has a uh, better RPI as well. Yeah, and I believe, and, and shout out to Fancy Boots, who always does a great job. Uh, and if you don't follow her, you you should. should. What are she, you waiting on? Yeah, she's <laughs> she's worth the follow. Uh, she's a star in the Twitterverse at Texas at Texas Fancy Boots. Uh, she's the one that broke it down. And said the Directors Cup also. Uh, is, is that's the Directors' the Cup uh, ramification to this. She said for Texas to have a Directors' Cup three-peat, you got to root for A&M and Oklahoma. Oklahoma won today. They beat the women in softball. So, so Stanford, Stanford got beat today. So we good on yeah. that. So, so yeah, she, she was saying. By the way, that's 50 straight games in a row for Oklahoma softball, by the way. They are a juggernaut. <laughs> Somebody just said that they need to be drug tested. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> they need to test it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, ladies. That's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, yeah. even I have uh, watched uh, Oklahoma softball before because it is. It's crazy. Yeah, if the NFL was in charge of drug testing, they would have been drug tested pretty much like 20 <laughs> times this season. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's unbelievable. So, okay, so that's taken care of. Yep. Um, yep. And now you got to root for A&M to beat Stanford because if they eliminate Stanford, uh, basically the way it breaks down with the uh, Director's Cup, I believe Texas just a few points behind Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would have those two uh, Stanford sports coming up short. Um, and then Texas, of course, has to take care of business. Yes. Texas, Texas baseball got to take care of business now. So they got to win the Super and get to the College World Series. Correct. But if that happens, Texas could get their third straight Director's Cup. My bad. Excuse me. That's 51 straight games. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you for correcting. I knew it was Uh-oh. in the 50s. Uh-oh. I knew that's it was in the in. 50s. Like, yeah. Get it right, man. Get it right. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a very impressive number. So, yeah, I, I mean, now at Texas, we care about the Director's Cup. So, yep. there you go. There it's it a, is. It's that's thing. amazing. It's a thing It's now. amazing that I, we're actually talking about a Director's it, Cup it, for the third straight it, year. It, it is very impressive, but I yeah. will admit we didn't care about it at all when we weren't winning it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now that we win it, we're like, this is important. I remember this the first conversation that we had. Until, and let Stanford <laughs> wins tonight, and then who cares? Listen, I'm all for it. I'm all about it. Like, if we win it, it is very important, but if we don't win it, ah, who gives a damn exactly. about that? That's a silly award. Uh, so there you go. But uh, Director's Cup, so we got half of that scenario that fancy boost mentioned we got to get the other half and you got to root for the Aggies I got I got no problem rooting for the Sooners either I mean like I said unless they're playing Texas I got no problem rooting for them yeah, yep. especially against a foe that's outside the state usually I'm conflicted when the Sooners play somebody in the state anybody in the state exactly I can't no yeah can't do that I cannot abide there it is but I usually avoid trying to root for the Sooners at any time <laughs> I just it's that's just the way it goes down right yeah but in this situation when you have to because of some situation some you know p- you know predicament you're put in yeah, yep I can do that I can root for them now because it it benefits Texas and I want to see Texas and Texas A and M honestly face off in the I Super I think we all just, are that's just too that, that's that's I think too we meaty. all are that's too meaty that's just too good yep. We're already talking about them, you know, they're going to bring back the rivalry in 2024 when Texas goes to the SEC. Yeah. Uh, and now you get, you know, the, the other sports that are getting to play at a really high level, getting to uh, play out that rivalry at the highest levels. I think it's really fun. So hopefully that's what happens. All right, we'll no, talk no. about that a little bit later on. We come back. We got the flex on the other side. Okay, I know that baseball is among the most superstitious sports there, there are. Like there's no, I don't know. If there's a sport out there more superstitious than maybe it's soccer. If you go worldwide, something like that. It's definitely baseball. But among the uh, yeah, among the most popular American sports, it's easily uh, the most superstitious. Yep. And Westlake baseball is balling. They are playing really good baseball right now. So it's almost a guarantee that coach is going to come back on the show this week because you've had Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you had him on like three weeks in a row or something? Thursday. Yeah. He's coming on Thursday. <laughs> oh, no, I was say, I, no, Coach is like, all right, I got to get back on that ball. Oh, yeah. Don't show oh, yeah. It's yeah. got to be a key to it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, trust me, Wesley's got a lot of things going their way. Uh, but I know superstition is big in the baseball yes. world. So I knew that was already booked. Yeah. It was that deal. It's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There you go. So uh, we'll get into to that flex on, on the other side and talk some Westlake baseball and other things right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nothing Horn. Baby, oh baby, 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday. Uh, that's when my man Patrick plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who uh, might have had a tough weekend. And um, there might have been some, uh, some local teams who uh, did not advance in the baseball uh, playoffs. Yeah, they did. That's Austin. true. There were a couple of teams that did not advance, had some tough weekends. We did. Uh, but, yes, we brought it up. Uh, congrats to the uh, the Westlake Chaps because uh, they did advance. Uh, you see me that hard, Jen. Uh, and shout-out to Coach. He come, keeps, he's been <laughs> coming on the show for the last couple of weeks since yep. they've been in the playoffs. And, and they've been they've been they've been keeping their winning ways alive. They keep yeah, hope alive, no doubt. Uh, and uh, so you've been have you been going to you've been, yeah. you've been to a couple of these games. I've been a co- I've been to a few of Westlake's uh, playoff mm-hmm. games. Obviously, one of my best friends, his son is the uh, one of the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of our good friends, his son is one of the players. So we've been around uh, mm-hmm. this team for a while. They are forty and four and earning their first trip to the state championship or state uh, tournament. For the first time since 2009. And, yeah, that's, so it's been a uh, while. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Well, that's you know, most of the time they're going for state. It's in football. I know it, but. <laughs> for baseball. Yeah, yeah, that's actually hard to believe. And honestly. then we've had Coach on a couple times, and you brought this up a little bit ago. You think about the experience and the seniors that are on this team. This is a senior-laden team. Mm. There are, I think there's 24 seniors on this team. So, for them, and there's a couple – uh, I think there's four or five guys that played on the football state championship team too. So you start bringing all these guys together and you getting that energy uh, that they bring every single week is something experience is there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the calmness, the immaturity versus some teams versus a team that is very mature, older players that understand what it's about. And a lot of these kids have played summer baseball together as well. So it's been really fun to watch and, I never got – you and I were talking about this before. I never got a chance to play for a state championship. I never played for a state You know championship. what I'm saying? I, I, didn't, I, don't even, I don't even think I got close to the game, I got to be quite past, honest with you. Oh, man. I think I got to the third round one year. Right. That was it. Right. That was about it. So that's the part for yeah. me as uh, – they call me <laughs> Uncle Mike. So as an uncle to these kids, I've been around them for such a long time. For them to get an opportunity and their parents – to even be in this situation. And another team that's involved in this, they play Pearland Friday night, 7 o'clock at, Dare, at uh, the Dale Diamond. Oh, Pearland. So Pearland's girls just won state championship. Yeah, no, I, my uh, my brother lives in Pearland in yeah. H-Town. So, no, oh. they, 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 they got a growth, like, uh, kind of spurt, if you will, but that, that community is just booming. It is definitely you know, last, uh, great one, athletes. Yeah, there, it's obviously. one of the fastest growing communities in, in Houston and uh, great, in Texas. And great coaching. And great coaching. And also, the winner of that game will take on the winner of Cy Woods and uh, Flower Mound. And Flower Mound is coached by one Danny Wallace, who was a UT baseball player, but he also was the head coach at Georgetown and Connolly. So he's a local coach. His son was a uh, pitcher for Texas as well. His name was Austin Wallace, and he ended up transferring out and going to Wichita State. But Hmm. You sit here and you look at that. There's so many teams and so many folks that are connected because a lot of these kids have played summer ball together and played summer ball against these other players as well. You know, you know it like when you did seven on seven and doing all these other mm-hmm. camps. You're around these people all the time, and you're like, oh yeah, I know that kid. Oh yeah, we were Especially at camp now together. Social media, exactly. Age, they all know each other. And all they, the best players know each other. So here's the funny thing. I'm glad you said that about <laughs> social media because 
these kids, I don't know how they do it, mm. but they find out your mom, your sister, your dad, who you related to. Oh, yeah. And they heckle you. Like, I was at mm-hmm. this game, and I'm like, these they got cowbells. I mean, there's so much stuff that's going on at oh, these man. baseball games, going back it. to your superstition part. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me when I watch a lot of these guys. And don't forget, too, I'm glad somebody just sent that. Pearland has been to the Little League World Series multiple times, and I think a lot of those kids mm-hmm. are part of this team that's oh, coming I in town. Right. I would say so. it, that, 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 that community has been exploding for like a decade now. Yeah. And I even see now, you know, them competing for in football too. Yeah. Uh, some of the parents, they got more than one high school now. It used to just be one. I think they got a couple now. So now you're right about that. Uh, that'll be, I haven't, you know, seen it, but I guarantee you Pearland's got a damn good team. Oh, you know for that, sure. To maybe make it this far. Yep. State semifinals Friday mm-hmm. night, uh, seven o'clock at the Dell diamond. That's it's going to be, be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited because, you know, Dell Diamond, there's going to probably be about 10,000 people there. I think the entire city of Westlake. Uh, oh. That's right. I called it its own city. Westlake <laughs> is oh, going to be happy. there. They're happy. They're happy yeah. about that. That's yeah. the way they, they, they want you to call them their own city. <laughs> they got their own ISD. They got their own police. There you go. Right? They're their yeah. own city. Um, but, no, I, I I would say that Pearland's going to travel really well, too. For sure. No they were doubt. just here last this past weekend yeah. for the girls. Pearland's going to travel. Yeah. So, I, I'm with you. I bet it will be a Big, it's going to be a big madhouse. Yeah. Big numbers there at Dale Diamond. All right, uh, I, nice breakdown. Go ahead. Sorry. I talked to coach. Uh, coach. I talked to Chris Amadeus, the president of the oh yeah of the Round Rock uh, Express, and I asked him about it, and he said this is my favorite time of the year is high school championships being played at the Dale Diamond because mm-hmm. you know he's had kids that played college. I mean, high school baseball, college baseball. He's yep. been around a lot of the kids, and you mm-hmm. get you'll see a future major leaguer. On one of the teams, it always happens every single year. I could believe that you play in the in the state championship.